What's up, bookies, and welcome to Eclipse Voices, the podcast and book club that brings you amazing literary works from minority writers so you can add their undiscovered jam to your reading list. So what are we waiting for? Let's turn the page. Thank you for joining us today. We are here with Miss Penny Blackwright. Hi. Author of When a Wife's Fed Up. Um, thank you for letting us read your book. We appreciate you agreeing to be our author for the month. Yes, thank you guys for the opportunity. This is so cool. It's so exciting, like a real organized book club. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Thank you, ladies. No problem. So I'm going to jump right in with these questions. Okay. I have nine questions for you today. Let me prop this up like this so I'm not looking down. Okay. So my first question, because it was mentioned a few times about Lena's mental breakdown. Okay. So was Chris the cause of that? Because it was there, I would I was hoping you would go into detail because mm-hmm. I wanted to know, but was he the reason for her mental breakdown? So I'm going to give you guys a little backstory on how this book even got started. When I first wrote this book, um, there were eight characters that all had their own chapter. So clearly that didn't work with my editor because it was just too many voices. But the eight characters who are the friends, they're still all in the book. Only four of them have um, um, their own chapters or their own point of views. Now, Lena, her her mental breakdown, it, it comes from a few different places. So it comes from Chris. It does come from the infidelity for years, but it also comes from um, sort of just not really feeling fulfilled for her. Um, she kind of mentions that, well, he really mentions, um, there's a lot of talk about like sororities, fraternities, like he's in a fraternity and she's not in a sorority. She always, she always wanted to, um, you know, be a sorority member. So that, because that was written in the first book, that's sort of like her backstory as to where the mental illness kind of came from, because she was like, trying to pursue a Greek organization. So a lot of things with that, as well as, of course, the infidelity and things like that with Chris. But it was just a combination of both and not really feeling so fulfilled, you know, after graduating college and now she's married. So she jumped right from college. They got married. Um, His career is sort of taking off. Hers is not really. Then she has a mental breakdown and she can't work at all. So Um, It really was just those things of, you know, being cooped up in a marriage straight out of college and, um, you know, just trying to figure out who she was. So it really stems from that. Okay. So my follow-up question to that, since you mentioned the sororities and fraternities. So she got pregnant when she was pledging. My question is, did Chris do that on purpose? Like, I know pre- I know pregnancies are, right. they, they happen by mistake, but it just seemed like she was going after something that she wanted to do really bad, and now she's pregnant. And it was like, it made it seem like, to me, it felt like, I was like, this fool did this on purpose. Like, he <laughs> yeah. was trying to break her down even more. 
So it really wasn't purposely when it came to that, like she just got pregnant. It just was okay. a coincidence, like, wow, at this time, you know? But he, he didn't do it purposely. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to stop. He didn't do it purposely because he, Chris is really aloof and Chris doesn't really care. Like, Chris doesn't care. He would love for her to do something like that. So he's not the husband that wants to like hold you back from doing it. What he kind of wants her to have more of her own life. So he's not like, oh no. So it it really was, it wasn't that. Okay. So my <laughs> next question. With all the cheating that he was doing, <laughs> why didn't he just divorce her? Like I know she loves him and he, in his own way, loves her. But if you're going to be sleeping around, just divorce her. Like, just let her go. Like, even her, I was like, I, like, I was really frustrated because I was like, why? Like, you cheating her whole pregnancy. And it's like, just let her go. Just let her go. So, you know, um... During my editing and during the editing process, some of the editors was, you know, complaining about Ween Lena being weak and, um, you know, how readers wouldn't like that she was weak and, you know, what woman stays. And so let me just say that this relationship, Chris and Lena, is actually, I pulled it or I was inspired by a real relationship that I grew up around. So my godmother's brother this relationship was really inspired by their relationship that I grew up as a child watching. Like, okay. it's still to this day, this man cheats on this woman and she stays. And they've been together. They have kids that are like two, three years older than me, you know, and they've been together for this long. And they literally stay because of the convenience for both of them um, in the actual relationship. And I think that a lot of people don't admit or a lot of people don't want to admit that that's really what goes on. Of course, that's not for everybody relationship, but people stay with people because of convenience all the time. People put up with all types of abuse all the time, both men and women. They put up with all different types of abuse for whatever reason that they have justified for themselves. And we don't really like to, we don't really like to admit that. And that's what I wanted this relationship to show I wanted this to show it's so funny because I remember being a child and this couple that the book this relationship is inspired by during their wedding he made a statement where he said if you can't have the one you love love the one you with and as a little girl I always remember that I was probably like 10 years old because I was at their wedding mm -hmm. I always remember that and I was like okay I want to write about a relationship where the people from the outside don't understand why these people are together, but they've been together since they were kids. So in all actuality, they're only 32, 33. They've been together since they were 17, 18 years old. So one, it's a lot to do with them knowing and learning themselves. That's one thing because this is going to be a series. And in book two, you start to learn more about Chris's background and why some infidelity may come up and, you know, just why his relationship with another, um, <laughs> with another um, character. Book two and definitely book three, because I'm writing it right now, it goes into that. But I really wanted this to kind of just show a real relationship with people who um, 
are staying together for whatever reasons that they deem to stay together. And this couple that I'm talking about, they're still together. Whereas in the book, they break up. But this couple <laughs> is still together. This is real wow. life. And that's what I wanted to show because people really think people people are putting up with abuse. People are putting up with all types of infidelity, having kids on others, and accepting it. And then quickly, this real couple... So the husband actually had a baby on her. The baby's probably like nine years old now, right? And she will not accept the kid in the house. And me and my mom, we sort of have discussions about this because my mom constantly says, well, if you're going to accept your husband back, the baby is innocent. Like, you need to accept the baby. And in my personal opinion, I feel like, she don't necessarily have to accept the baby. That's her husband. She don't have to accept that kid. That's how I feel about the situation. If she's choosing to stay with her husband for whatever reason it is, and she's taking on him with whatever he come with, I don't got to accept that kid, especially because guess what? Their kids are grown. Their kids are grown and out the house. So I don't got to accept your bastard child. And this is real shit that goes on in real life. And it's like, is yeah. she wrong for staying with her husband but not wanting to accept that? Is she wrong? No. But some people might feel that way. So I really wanted to use a real life relationship because this is real stuff that people put up with. So that's that's why it's no leaving. It's no leaving because people put up with these things. So it would have okay. been too easy just for him to leave or for her to leave. Like, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is very understandable. <laughs> so my next question I have to know because this is supposed to be my best friend. We mm, that's not my best friend. I have to know why. Why did Misa keep Prezi and Chris's secret for so long? Like you supposed to be her best friend. Like so... you are her best friend. You you are an associate. That's how I see you. Because like Prezi said, he was like, Well, you've kept this secret for so long. You know, you're my best friend. You're not hers. And it's like, right. I get that. But why are you still claiming this woman as your best friend if you're willing to keep this secret about your so other so-called best friend and her husband? So another thing. So book three is coming out this month. Book three, Misa has her own point of view in book three because she's very important to book three and book four. Now, Misa... <laughs> here's the thing here's this is this is another truth this is another real life example that i wanted to use um and when i say real life this isn't really based on characters per se but this is one of those real life sort of examples where it's kind of difficult for people to accept the fact or to 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 just to the point that i'm trying to make is that sometimes it's difficult to tell your friend that her man ain't shit <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult and some people choose not to get involved and marry people's business. Some people really choose that they take that stance of I'm not getting involved because now if I tell her, I'm going to have to have proof. I'm going to have to argue with her and I'm just not doing that. You know, your man is a dog. I don't got to tell you like you've been yeah. dealing with this. You've been dealing with him cheating on you. You've been dealing with that. So that's one. Now, the next thing is they're all friends quote unquote, these are all college friends that have maintained relationships. Some people are closer to others. So that's another dynamic that's in this, in this specific situation. 
But really, it's one of those things. It's two things with Misa. It's like one, Misa, as you get to know her character more, she doesn't really care about nobody else but herself. That's one. She's okay. not really concerned. She's not married. She's not locked in with nobody. She doesn't really care. She's all about her career. She's all about, you know, that. So that's so so it's those two reasons of just one, like not also not wanting to hurt Lena because she knows Lena is not ready to leave him. So it's like, I'm gonna tell you this. But what are you going to do with that information? Are you just going to be on my phone crying and like you always do? Or are you actually going to do something with that information? So it's sort of a conflict for Misa as well. Cause she's like, you know, like, what am I going to, what am I going to gain out of telling? Is it going to cause me more issues with my friends? So she's kind of conflicted Misa, honestly. Okay. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> I got a little tickle in my throat. <laughs> So, Cena or Simon or Cena, yeah. Cena, <laughs> what is his purpose with taking these panties? Like that, and then not only that, he travels with them. Like what? Why? Like, that that's a little disturbing. Like I know he's mad, he's single, and all that, but you still in other women's panties and you travel with them, like. So he's a creep, pretty much. He's a creep. He's kind of weird. Um, he's also a freak. And another thing, so he's it's two people in the book, two characters in a book that are based on three characters, actually. Three characters in the in the book, the least characters that you would see them being one of them, they're actually based on real people. And Cena's one of them, Izzy's a, one of them, and Sam. So Izzy, Cena, and Sam are all based on real people, which they're, like, not main characters at all. But they're based on real people. So with Cena, <laughs> when I was in college, I was dating this Asian girl. And she was kind of kooky. Like, she was weird and kooky. Like, and she was, I mean, she didn't steal my panties <laughs> or anything like that. But... She was just weird and kooky. So that's where I sort of got the idea for Cena. I said, I'm going to make him a man. Because I don't really want to make her a woman. But she's based, the, the, the character is based on an actual person that I know. Now, um, in terms of his purpose, um, the, the so when you read the end, it's one of those things where it's like, damn. It's like, you feel bad for Cena, but then you like knowing what he was about, you don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, so that's, that's, it's really no purpose, honestly, of why he did it. Like, it's not going to connect to anything later. Like, okay. it's not, it's not like anything significant. It was just one of those things that's like, this nigga is crazy. Like, <laughs> he's weird. Like, I was like, he had, I he had, he had draws going all the way back to like <laughs> college days, it seemed now, like. Now, exactly. So he was stealing them from each homecoming. So it's two two weird two places where this idea sort of came from. Orange is the new black. Do you remember when they were selling the panties? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I know it's men out here collecting panties. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, Lord, and I just I wanted him to, I wanted to give a Law and Order vibe a little bit too, because I love Law and Order and I love crime mystery. So I wanted to add just a little, I'm like, he gotta do some weird shit. So yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that 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 was weird. 
Yes, yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, he not only is he stealing them, but he is traveling with them. Like, right. It's okay. like, what's your purpose? Yeah. So I would like to know what was the significance of Lena and Izzy hooking up after the whole situation in the ballroom? Was it just like a comfort thing? Or because it's like she was quick to just, all right, let's do this. It wasn't. Yeah. It, it was a comfort thing. It was also her trying to get back at Chris because she's never really been a cheater. Like she wasn't the, the type that's like, oh, he's doing him. I'm going to do me. You know, like she was always in the marriage, in the relationship, you know. And this was the first time where she was just like, fuck it. Like, you know, it is what it is. And th that scene was actually the first time where Lena started to gain some of her strength. Because it was like, even though it, it, even though it was like, really, you know, it was like, okay, but it still was one of those things that she's, she's never tried to retaliate. She's never tried to, um, she's just never tried to fight back, whether it was for her own comfort or her own good, or it was just to hurt him. And this is the first time where she made that decision. And that's why after, after it, Izzy tells her, like, you, you can't go from one fuck nigga to the next. Like, you know, because she, it's like, listen, it is what it is. And in book two, you'll see, let me just say, Izzy is my favorite character. She will always be my favorite character. And I will say, pay attention to Izzy because she's going to have her own book. Um, but Izzy, Izzy, you'll see in book two with Izzy and Lena, you'll see how their relationship sort of blossoms. But it was really just, it was, she just didn't care anymore. She was just like, whatever. A part of her kind of wanted somebody to find them. So, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, if Chris hates Misa so much, because I know he hates her because it is secret. Right. They got caught. But if Tiffany, Tiffany, I think that was her name. If Tiffany is exactly like Misa, like, does he have a thing for Misa? Because, like, why have Tiffany as a side piece? If he, he absolutely does not have a thing for Misa, but you know, love and hate are so closely tied and connected. And while you hate certain things about someone, like he still admires Misa in a way, even though he hates her because she knows his secret, he admires her stride. He admires the things about her that that Lena doesn't have. He admires her strength. He admires like those things. So when he's stepping out, he's looking for those kind of qualities, things that he admires. So it's really that. Him and Misa, they have no relationship there. They're never going to have a relationship. That's not the angle at all with them too. <laughs> like, that's not the angle, yeah. Mm -mm. Okay. Because I was like, <laughs> is it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but We'll figure it out. Yeah, but it's not that. They're not going to have no relationship. That that would just be too... No. <laughs> okay. When Chris hit Misa back, why didn't she use that opportunity to be like, look, your husband doing this. Like, she... Like, she... I mean, I, I, I know... 
she's probably trying to protect Prezi. Right. But it's like, you just let your husband put his hands on me. You know what? I'm about to blow up his spot. I don't even care. Yes. Yes. Like, but, but see, something that's very important to know about Misa's character, especially because she's going to have her own chapter, her own point of view in point three, she's very calculated. She's very calculated and she's very diplomatic. So she wasn't going to do that one to protect Prezi, but also because of she was, it's like she feels conflicted because she's friends with both Misa, I mean, excuse me, with Lena and Prezi. She's supposed to be closer to Lena because the kids are her god kids, but she has a relationship with both of them. Okay. So for her, it was just like, she just made that decision to not do it really to protect Prezi. And that was that was the main thing. So it didn't help because they got caught anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so <coughs> when Sam called Tiffany a gold digger, why was that what caused her to get up and leave? But her getting punched by Lena and then jumped on by Misa didn't cause her to leave. Right. Okay. And really, it's another thing. So, so okay, that the thing about when a wife's fed up is setting is very important in this book. It's very important for culture as well. So when you look at DC, you look at Maryland. Where are you guys at in the country? I'm in Las Vegas. I think Carly is in Atlanta. No, in Texas. Yeah. Tech support is in Texas. Noli is in South Africa. Oh, nice. And I think L is, I want to say Virginia, but I think that's wrong. Okay. So Maryland, um, especially, um, so we're hot, we're the setting is important because you have this, you have this group of black affluent friends, really, who went to um, this HBCU, but also it being set in Maryland, um, in Montgomery, Potomac County, one of the richest counties in, you know, the country, actually. So just the entire culture of elitism, that's really what I wanted to show in this book, like that like diplomatic elitism in a way. And there's a lot of fighting, a lot of drama that goes on in these boardrooms, these high-level organizations. These th There's a lot of drama just like this. And what I've seen, having went to Howard University, being a sorority member, going to these different events, I see that the way people kind of deal with drama, um, they sort of just move past it. Like... People will get embarrassed or things like that. And they sort of just like move past it as if nobody sort of knows. And it's just like an inside, you know, type of thing. And these things happen mm -hmm. at parties. And so that's really what I wanted to kind of exude. I wanted to show that, you know, within these boardrooms or these nice places, it's drama. And people are so tied to their um, esteem or the elitism that they will put up with certain things just to show face in a way. That's really okay. what I wanted to show in a lot, especially with Tiffany, because Tiffany is another person that's sort of like Misa in a way, but with her and, and um, excuse me, with, with Bola, 
it's fun for her. Like dealing with Bola is fun for her because she don't really want him. You know what I mean? Like she has her own career. She's doing her own thing. Dealing with him is sort of fun. It's sort of like, oh, like your wife type of thing. So that's her character. Like it's sort of fun. So she decided not to leave really because of the drama. Like it was sort of egging her on like to be there and stay for the drama. She left during when she said that statement because that was something that actually hurting her it was like you're a gold digger when, she, when tiffany's really not a gold digger right you know what i mean like she has her own money she's one of those girls those housewife type of girls that just want to be in a life or be around but she has her own money she has her own her own motion so that's that really irritated her because she's not a gold digger so right. that's okay. why that was the last straw for her because it's like i don't have time for this it's already been bullshit this whole night and I'm not even up for this. So that's why she decided to leave versus the fight. Because another thing, the party was just getting started. Like when the fight, it was right before the party had got started when they had the fight. So she was like, I didn't come here. I didn't come all the way here to not meet people, to not, you know. So it that's really what I was trying to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I... So, Lena is so protective of Chris after everything that he has put that poor woman through. Because, Lord have mercy. I'm sorry. Chris was my husband. He would have woke up to a knife in his chest and I would have called the police and told him I did it. Like, I wouldn't. I, I know what you, but just me as a person, like, I couldn't. You about to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We gonna have we having problems, and it's like that protectiveness that she has. It was like I'm look. I was thinking. I was like, why is she so protective? And I know it's because that's all she's known since college. Pretty it's much, I guess. Like because it seems like they've been they were together for so long, right? And it's like, was that the only person that she was with? Did she have other options besides Chris? Like, I know she was the prettiest girl on campus, as it refers to in the book, and he was the top dog on campus. Right. But it's like, why subject herself to everything? And it's like, and then you're being protective of him, like when Misa hit him, and then he hit her back, and like, I get it. You shouldn't put your hands on him in the first place, that's why he put his hands on you. But it was she just sat there and was like, <laughs> like I mean, you gotta ask yourself if that was you and you stuck in the middle, who you riding with? Your husband? Yeah, but bad and it's all bad, but you riding with and I'm gonna ask y'all, you riding with your husband or you riding with your friend? Neither. I'm, I'm gonna be honest, I'm riding for myself. Because neither. Well that too. They're going to have to fight each other at that point. I'm one fight. Because, um, no, you both being challenged. You hit him, he hit you, now y'all got to wrestle. That's cool and all, but when y'all get done, I'm hungry. No. All of you women are sane women with good self-esteem, so this would never be you. That part, because baby, listen. And I guess, I know know it's a book. And I know, but I know, like you said, it's based off of real, right. real people that you know. And it's like, like, so let me, let me, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. <laughs> One of my best friends, 
we were all, this was like back in the day before I got the job I have now. We all worked in the mall. Me and her worked in the mall, different stores, but we worked in the mall. And one of the girls that I worked with at the store that I was at was talking to me about her boss at her other job in the mall. And she mentioned something. I was like, wait a minute. What was her boyfriend's name? And she said it again. And I was like, can you explain it to me? Can Give me a description. So she describes my best friend's boyfriend to a T. I pick up my phone. Hey, um, I need you to come down to the store. Uh, I know you at work, but on your lunch break, you need to come down to the store. So she comes over and I say, La, this is so-and-so, so-and-so, this is La. Y'all are sharing a boyfriend. That And that was my best friend. That was the hardest thing for me to do. But I would rather let her know than keep it a secret. Because then if she found out that I knew... To me, that would, that's just, that's worse than having yeah. to tell her. And it's like, that's why it was like, Misa, like, Misa, you had to catch my fade. Like, you knew about this? Like, we don't, we gonna have words. You gotta catch this fade real quick and then we done. I'm cool. We just gonna settle it. But I also know that Misa had her back, even though she has all this stuff because Lena punched Tiffany and then Misa jumped her ass. And I was like, Okay. And of course, because it's like now we're really fighting the enemy. So, you know. Right. And it was just it cut like as a best friend, it kind of like it threw me off because I was mm -hmm. like, this is supposed to be your best friend. Right. But you keeping these secrets. But then, Lena, you ain't a real best friend either because the way you talk to Misa. So here's the thing. I want to address your first question about why she's, why is Lena so protective of Chris? So in all honesty, that's why book two and book three, well, the rest of the books, because it's going to be more than three books, are important. Because really, people look at when a wife's fed up and they're like, oh, this is a story about a husband and a wife. And yes, okay. it is a story about a husband and a wife. But really, this is a coming of age story about a woman Lena, who um sort of goes through like all of these different things. So book one and book two is sort of like backstory in a way in, in the big scheme of the series, because this is really a coming to age story about a woman who had to fight to gain strength. Like she really had to fight to gain the strength. So why she's so protective of him is really because, so you'll see in book two, she's gaining more strength. And she's, I start the buildup of her protecting him because it, 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 it makes sense to the overall plot, mm -hmm. but really in her mind, she's protecting herself. And okay. see, that's the thing about marriage. The thing about marriage is that you guys come together and you're one now. So, especially when it comes to things like finances, things like that, he has his business all of these different things, whether or not she wants to be involved in it, she's involved in it because they're married. And, and again, she has to make hard decisions to protect herself. So that's the buildup of her having to, because really book two and book three, you start to see that 
she's protecting him because she realized she has to protect herself. And even though she doesn't want to protect him, and even though she's angry at him, she has to protect herself and her family. That's where you see book two, book three, you see how she has to protect her family, how she has to protect herself. And with doing so, she has to protect him. So that's where that comes from. That's really about she's gaining this strength because that's the whole purpose of the story. The character arc with Lena is that she has been burned so many times to now she has to stand up. She has to gain this strength. But even within that, a part of that strength is still forgiveness in a way because she has to forgive this man just a little bit to protect him, to ultimately protect herself. And that's really the gist of the book. <laughs> All the stuff. Guess in a way, okay. without giving out, I guess I could. I just gave you guys like the story premise without giving out the whole plot and everything. Um, you'll see the the plot for the whole series in book two. You'll start to see that, and then it just spirals. But um, yeah. All right then. <laughs> that would conclude my questions. Okay. So I'm gonna open it up to the gallery and see what questions they have for you. So I know some of them will probably type in the chat. So it'll probably take a minute or two for them to get it typed out. So we will see, but does anybody have any questions? Yes, this was so fun. But, um, Ooh. I have a question. Sure. Um. I'm trying to decide which one I want to answer first. Hold on. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm stuck on the, 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 the best friend and the husbands and that whole triangle-ish because I'm, I'm, as a married woman, there is no way I'm going to allow my best friend and my husband to get to the point where they're hitting each other, first of all. Um, but also, at the same time, how are you going to have so much, quote-unquote, backbone, I don't want to call it that, but I don't know what else to call it, to this woman when you're, you literally married a dog? Like, how are you going to tell her, at least I got a man, but maybe that's not a man to be proud of? So what was her purpose in bragging about having a husband when your husband ain't S-H-I-T anyway? When she was bragging to Misa? I, I wouldn't call it bragging, but yes, she they were in the car at her mom's house. Right, and right. And she was, <laughs> she was I, don't, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she Misa was trying to tell her, like, you know, maybe it's time you pack up the kids and leave. And she, well, you ain't got no man. And the, well, I'd rather not have a man than the man you got. I'm just saying. And then on top of that, because I ain't going to lie to you, me being me, well, that's why you're, oh, see, you know what? Mm -mm. See, but see, <clears throat> I'm, mm, okay, go ahead. What was see, the purpose of her being so confrontational, defensive? I guess it's a defense mechanism, so to say. But why do all that? but then get so hurt behind the things that he does if you know the type of man that he is well boy that he is so the way the book ends she ain't know that was the kind of man he was <laughs> let me just say that <laughs> she knew he was cheating on her 
but she, she know who something <laughs> from him. Well, that is true. That is true. And she would have found out that day messing around with me. I'm just saying, she would have found out that day. But and, she didn't um, know that he wouldn't was like on the down low. She didn't know that. So I no. guess in her no. mind, the no. purpose no. really, I feel no. like the purpose. No. Okay, what she said. <laughs> I feel like the purpose when it came to um her saying that to Misa was because she was just tired. Like that was the scene where she was tired of people's opinions. Remember her mom was saying something to her about it. She mm -hmm. was tired of her mom's opinion. She was just tired of um, Misa's opinion. And it's one of those things where it's like, when you have a man or you have a husband or whatever, there are certain things that a single woman may not understand. And they get into those arguments of, well, at least I got a man and you don't. You would never be able to understand. Or These are real-life conversations. And sometimes they don't happen because people are too afraid to say it. But it's what they're thinking. Like, you know, that's why certain, like, they say, like, you know, married friends, they shouldn't really have single friends. Because there is a, a difference in a mindset. Um, that these kind of women have not all of them but there's a difference in the mindset so for her it was like for Lena it was like I'm tired of talking about this and it was like Misa you can't speak on anything because you've never been in a serious relationship like let alone marriage to know what comes with it to know to know that sometimes you're gonna accept things that you may not want to accept so I really don't care about your opinion <laughs> and that and that's and that was sort of the purpose because <laughs> he was just tired of people's opinions. Oh. Okay. So I have a question in the chat. It says, I know these people are considered friends, but in no way felt that way. Did they grow apart and are just still trying to hold on because they didn't seem close from all the dirt and secrets that were being kept? So let me say this. Everybody does have a different a def a different definition on what the word friend means. That's one. Two, when people go to college and it's a group of friends like them, and I think that this was easy for me to write because being so close, closely tied to recently graduating college within like the last six, seven years. Also being in the sorority and seeing how me and my line sisters always say we're sisters, but we're not friends because we're not. You know, and we all have our own different friends um, or different things like that. So really, I I make it a point that these were all friends from like a, a, a college-based organization. I call it the Campus Pals. And that's um, where all of their friendship sort of, sort of, sort of stemmed from, right? Mm -hmm. As they got older, because it's co-ed, so it's men and women, as they got older, people relationships got stronger and some people didn't, but they always kept the tradition. So really it's more so about tradition because they always kept the tradition of every year we get together, we do this and we still are keeping um, our relationship tight. Now it's not that they grew apart. Um, so I think also too, when you read book two, you'll start to see the friendships. You'll start to see Izzy and uh, Lena's friendship, right? Even in book one, you see Prezi and Misa's friendship. And you even see, because friendship is not easy. Let me just say that. Friendship is not easy. 
it's also not um, cookie cutter. And you have friendships with people that look differently from, from other friendships. So that's really, I, I just wanted to be, because people, another thing too, I'm not saying that you accept anything in friendships, but people don't be honest about the drama they be having in their friendships. <laughs> like, and from either growing apart or you dating somebody else, you may be knowing about this. And I really kind of wanted to show that. So it's not that they weren't friends. Um, they all are friends. They all just have different connections and some are closer to each other. So Sam and Izzy, of course, you know, they had a romantic relationship. So that's really the extent to their friendship. Misa and Izzy aren't really friends. They just all hang out in a group. You know okay. what I mean? Like, so it's that type of thing when, when it comes to the group element. The real friends are Roy and Chris. Though They're really friends. Cena and Izzy are really friends. Um, Misa, Prezi is, Prezi is only Misa's friend, really. He, everybody just fucks with him. But he's really Misa's friend. You know what I mean? So that's, I'm trying to show that dynamic where it's a group of friends, but not everybody are best friends. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions? Um, was the idea to have Chris cheating on Lena with a man um, where, why, and is that based off of something in your personal life? So, no, nothing in my personal life. <laughs> I, I don't have no stories like that. But what I will say, though, somebody I know. <laughs> but oh. what I will say, though, is that um, this is something that's also not talked about like that. When you go to these HBCUs, specifically Howard, these niggas is gay. Like... Let's let's really be honest about that. Like, particularly Howard, you go to Howard University, you have twenty women to one man. I was only in classes. I I think I was in one class with a with, with was majority men, and there was like a sports type of class. And this was like in my five years of being there, you know. Um, so that's something else that's not really talked about. A lot of these, a lot of these niggas is gay. Like in Atlanta, at these HBCUs. In these big mega churches, these niggas is gay. They down low. You get what I'm saying? They got to pass. They got to pass. Now, another thing, too, I have family. So, first of all, I have two brothers, biological brothers, who are gay. One is on a down low and one is open. I don't know why we say one is on a down low because we know he's gay. But he, he kind of hides it. Even though we know he's not openly like my other brother. So that's one. So I kind of grew up around gay men. My uncle's gay too. And then me being bisexual, I always understood that um, <laughs> when it cuts. So first of all, right, just there are a lot of women who may have had a sexual past with a woman. Or maybe they had sex with a woman when they were young, right? But his, here's where you get the... Here's where you get the double standard. It's okay for a woman to have a sexual past with a woman, a man that she's dating. He's not really going to have a problem with that, but that's taboo for men. But this is really going on where there are some men 
who have had, I have a cousin who has a sexual past with a woman. I mean, with the man, multiple men. And he recently just got married to his wife. She knows about it and everything. They got three kids together. She knows about it. And she decides to accept that. You know what I mean? There are a lot of women that are accepting this. And you don't know about it. But they may know that they husband or they man used to expect. I don't mean to be stereotypical, but this is big in the Hispanic culture as well. A lot of Spanish women be knowing that they man is bisexual. And they be accepting it. Not all of them, but a, a lot more than in our culture. So I like to write about things. In all of my books, I like to write about taboo things. Real things that are really going on. Because this is a real thing. They we always It's always this conversation about, oh, well, black men. There's not enough black men. Or whatever the case may be. Or they're the, the big conversation on Clubhouse is most of black men. What do they say? They say like. 50-something percent of black men don't have kids or are doing well, but you're not factoring that most of them niggas is gay. <laughs> like, let's like let's really be honest about it. You know what I mean? So it's that's what's going on at these HBCUs, these mega churches. These niggas is gay. <laughs> like, and they got wives too. So I'm going to keep it real. <laughs> like, and, and that's what it is. It will seem so. <laughs> so uh question in chat says you said chris wants lena to have more of her own life is it because he's out here sleeping with anything with pretty much a hole it makes it's it that, easier for him to cheat it's that i mean he's gonna cheat regardless and her staying makes it easier for him to cheat so it's not only that <laughs> it's really the fact that um for him, also, it's about her having her independence in a way. You know, he got his thing. He got his things going on. You know, just wanting. That's another reason why he likes Tiffany, because Tiffany has her own stuff going on. So it's like when they get together, the conversations are more, you know, whereas once she stopped working, once Lena stopped working, you know, her life sort of changed. She became a housewife, even though she was never a housewife. You know, she became that. And 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 so, yeah, he wants her to just get back. He, he doesn't want her to be depressed. He doesn't want her on antidepressants. You know, that scene when he's upset because she's a little, you know, feeling a little crazy. <laughs> he doesn't like that. That's a turnoff to him. So it's really that, you know, just sort of being with a woman who can hold her own, I guess, in a way. Carly, what is your question? You said Chris admires all the different things about Misa, and that's what he's looking for when he's stepping out. Then why not just appreciate what he has? So I said he admires those things about Misa, not Lena. That's why, because I think you had asked me, Janae, about is Misa and Chris going to have anything going on? He hates her, but he chooses a woman like Tiffany um who reminds him of Misa so it's really he admires Misa not Lena he admires Misa um and that's why he would choose a woman like Tiffany yeah so what was your question Carly um did <laughs> and I hope you don't think I'm trying to insult you but did you research 
anything about what your diagnosis to your mental ill patient was before you wrote in her, um, what is the symptoms and her issues? So I did do some research on, um, so here's the thing. I did do research on bipolar depression and then um, I did do research on schizophrenia. And a lot of people, they sort of start, from what I've researched, as well as talking to med medical professionals, it's bipolar depression. And they sort of go into schizophrenia, not all people. But sometimes it sort of starts and stems from like bipolar depression. So that's that's really where, um, where it came from. <sighs> Um, okay, that's interesting considering that I have bipolar depression. I don't have schizophrenia though, um, but I was just noting some things that I'm not going to say it didn't make sense because each person is different because you and I can have the same diagnosis and you and I can act completely different. But I was just wondering if you did any research on bipolar depression because she was acting just a little, you know, a little out there. But, you know, she didn't have to act like me for us to have the same diagnosis, which that's fine. But I was just wondering, um, does anyone else have a question before I ask my first question? Do that. <laughs> Go ahead and ask your question, Carly. Carly. <laughs> Did we lose her? Somebody said you I'm said sorry, I'm here. The dog and the boy keep harassing each other. Um, so my next question is if he is so mm, cold shoulder towards her with her diagnosis, so don't get me wrong, not everyone's gonna understand it. Not everyone is going to understand her. <laughs> And, you know, be sympathetic towards her or anything. But, okay, so let me back up. First question. Is he even still in love with her? Does he even care for her anymore at this point? No. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Because there's no way that as a wife or as a husband, my significant other is going through some things that is very debilitating from the sounds of it. Because this girl couldn't even get out of bed for hours and stuff. And I'm just like, get dressed. We have pictures. He actually, he kind of resents her in a way. Um, he resents her because he, you know how most women feel like, oh, he stole my life, gave me these kids. Chris feels that way. Chris feels like if he didn't get caught up with Lena, he would be in the NBA. That's how Chris feels. Chris, another reason why he starts this business because. You know, it, it gets real when you graduate college and it's like you don't go on to do what you came there to do, which was play sports. You don't go to the league, you know, and now you just need a job. So you're working at the, the university, but you're not making no money. And then you got kids and you got a wife. So he really resents Lena in a way. And that's why he wants her to kind of get become independent and do her own thing, because he resents that. He wasn't able to do some of the things that he wanted to do because he chose a wife, marriage, and then everything that came with it, especially because 
her mental breakdown and things like that, it just made it super hard on him because they were partners, you know? People talk about the 50-50 thing, but they were partners. And she was taking on more of the slack too when she was working. I mean, she was taking on more of the finances and things like that when she was working. So he resents her. So he's not in love with her. He resents her. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Elle says, "Would you said it would be easy? It would have would have been too easy for one of them to leave. If that's the case, does the struggle they go through serve the purpose of making Lena stronger, making Chris a better person?" Yes, and you see that in book two and book three. Book three is really emotional. Um, not not. It starts off with a bang. It's a lot of action. But it's a lot of emotion because book in book three, this is where you see Lena facing Lena and Chris. You see them facing things from book one or from the past. Um, you see them, they like they can't escape these things. So, um, so yeah, it's really the purpose of because th that's really the whole story. This is a coming to age story about Lena. All these other characters just make it interesting, but this is really Lena's story. This is her story of becoming a woman and making decisions that are important for herself and her kids. That's really um, in her legacy more so her legacy. So that's, that's, it, it is for that purpose of making her stronger. And um, what I say, making Chris a better person, um, not to make him a better person, but he is going to come face to face with his demons. That's really his character arc. He's going to come face to face with his demons, his childhood demons and things like that. Okay. Um, I have a question. So if he resents her, why not just leave her? At this point, it sounds like he's just staying and cheating as a way to punish her. It's not easy for him to leave either. You got to understand these people have three kids. On top of that, they do split financial responsibilities, which is the reason why he started this business. <laughs> you know, now with him starting a business and things like that, eventually he does want to leave her, but he has to get, make sure he's good before he could just leave. So, and see, that's what people, people don't, people just make it seem so easy. Like, why not just leave? Why not just leave? Like, Cause I got shit I gotta handle before I leave. Like I gotta make sure shit is right before I leave. You know, man or woman, and that's what it be. <laughs> and and that's the thing. Like I know it's fiction, but this is real life. Like people aren't just jumping up and leaving unless they don't have nothing to lose. Okay. Uh. Tamisha says, how did Sam die the way she did when she was supposed to be with Izzy? Who was she even doing the drugs with? I got lost on that part. So as you notice, so here's the thing. Sam, she was going cold turkey, no drugs, et cetera. Um, she starts drinking at night. And then she's hanging out with the escorts. Remember? Because remember that Sam, she does OnlyFans. She was the smartest. Um, she went to law school, dropped out. And now she's like a big sex influencer. That's really her character. And um, she starts hanging out with the, the other escorts at the at the ball because that's when it happened at the event that Chris had at the mansion. She was getting high with the escort girls. 
because if you notice, Izzy was looking at them dancing like, you know, she was enticing her and stuff like that. And Izzy thought they was going to have a great threesome or whatever the case may be. And no, Sam was, she was getting high with the girls. Escorts, you know, they were sniffing cocaine. They was doing a thing. So that's really how, you know, she died. Um, Because remember, she tells um, Izzy, she's like, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be right back or something. And she disappears with one of the girls. They do go to the bathroom, sniffing coke, doing a thing. And she overdosed. So... Okay. She would also like to know, how did Cena end up in the house and was the only one that died? So I grew up playing the game Clue. Remember the game Clue that was like, oh, who killed yeah. who? It was. <laughs> so yeah. that's how I really wanted to make it. Um, and so here's the thing. Remember, how I, how I sort of wrote it was that after... Sam dies, everybody is now about to link, like leave the house because they still mm -hmm. have the, the the mansion. Everybody is about to leave. Cena, he remember he he's the only one that has to go fly all the way back to Cali. He lives in Cali. So he whereas the rest of them could have just left, got a room, how they did, you know, Izzy left. Like the rest of them just left because Izzy's in New York. They most of them in DC. He stayed because he has to fly out to California. And, you know, he decided to stay there. So he was in the house. And remember, it's a huge mansion. So they didn't even, Prezi and, and what's the name, didn't even know that he was in the house. Because remember, Cena never had a, Cena didn't have a car. So okay. that was the thing. Like he had a, like a rent to type of thing. Like he got, had got picked up. He didn't have a car. So. Okay. So, yeah, that was, the, so he was in the house, and um, I was like, I got to kill him. He's stealing, stealing people's panties. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's going to feel bad that he died. Okay. What is your question, Miss Carly? Like, girl, you know, I don't forget. I don't even know why you called me right now. I have been sitting here. I'm not trying to be funny, but I was sitting here too long. I don't forget my question. You can move on. I'll, I'll raise my hand. I'm sorry. But I will ask that one first because I knew she answered. She asked that one first before your hand went up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does anybody else have any other questions? So Carly can remember her question. <coughs> any questions? You know what? I got another question. Now that I think about it. So I would say I was I was a little irritated by it. But so Sam dies. Like where is Chris's compassion? Like he was, well, we need to get back to the house and do this um this plan and whatnot. Like you this woman just died, sir. Ha show a little compassion, something. Like, I understand he was about business and whatnot, but like th this is one of your associates. You could at least have like some compassion because it just seemed like he didn't have any whatsoever. 
And when people die, you see who really cares. Like, I, I don't know. Like, why do we act so surprised that people don't give a fuck about a lot of shit? Like, I don't know. Like, people care about themselves. Yes, there are compassionate people. There's people that care. But people care about themselves. And when I say that, the only thing that Chris was thinking about was how this is going to affect him. It wasn't right. that he was just thinking about business. He's thinking about, okay, you, she died. How is that going to affect my business? Not let's just get on with business. We have to come up with some type of crisis plan because this is my name, reputation. I'm already doing something quote unquote illegal. So <laughs> that's what right. he was thinking about. He's not thinking, because at this point, the bitch is dead. So what can we do? <laughs> like, he's yeah. He's not thinking about that. He's thinking about how he's going to protect himself. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was thinking about. <laughs> so I guess my other question is, oh, go ahead, Carly. Ask your question. Um. So first, let me say, I love the fact that you made them all um super extra black. I love that. Don't get me wrong. I love all of that. But. All right, moving on. <laughs> you didn't forget your question, did you? I did because I got really happy that they were all black and <laughs> um stuff. And I don't know what happened to my question. It was there, and I was like, "All right, let's go." Like, you feel like they were all. You like that I made them black, but something. I don't know. We'll give we'll give her a minute. That's why I stopped my question to call on her because I didn't want her to forget. Yeah, it wasn't you this time. It was me. I got I got really excited because I remember this person was this and some one of them was from Africa, I think. Or like like it was really exciting. I was like, oh, this is great. And then I forgot the rest of the question. So um, okay, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. Make them black. I did. I wanted them. It's so funny. I was on Clubhouse. Or like right before this interview and I was in a room that talked about what's the difference between PWIs and HBCUs and um, somebody said you know I don't want you guys thinking that HBCUs are just um, are just in the cities with black people because there's all types of black people as well as whites and other um, nationalities that come to HBCUs but just within black mm -hmm. You got all different kinds of black people. You're learning about culture. I have, I went to school with people who literally their princes, their princes or princesses in African countries, like they family got money. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's just like, people think that an HBCU is just black. You from Atlanta, you from New York, you from the hood, whatever. But no, it's like all kind of black. So that's really what I wanted to show with the characters that like, this is not just your cruddy from the projects, black person, you know, this is black in totality and just, you know, different cultures. That's really what I wanted to show. Okay. okay I'll go back to asking. Oh, wait, okay. wait, go ahead, Carly. Nope. <laughs> Was there, I know they go to an HBCU and I went to an HBCU, so I understand HBCU culture. My thing with that is I, you know, I had a lot of friends on the baseball team and, you know, baseball people are um, Caucasian. You know, we had Hispanics in there. We like, it's really diverse. It's not just black <laughs> people. My question to you is, was there a reason that you had them 
black people or uh, somebody was Hispanic. I can't remember who it was. Um, I, I I know that you know it's the minority. Either way it goes, is there a reason that you made none of them white? Yeah, because I'd be tired of reading about white folks. <laughs> but not only that, so here's the thing. Izzy is half white. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. But I think I remember reading it. Yeah. Yeah, she's Izzy is the one half white character, right? And um, Izzy's based on a real, real person, actually a famous person. I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> I feel like I know who you're talking about, though. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I feel like I know who you're talking about. I'm not gonna. I ain't gonna say the name. Don't don't say it. Type All it in right. the chat. Okay, there we go. Because if there's but, no audio, you can't get sued. So okay, is this Well, I may not be able to get sued anyway because she's a public figure, no. <laughs> But she's been okay. So Izzy, damn, Izzy's based on my doctor. <laughs> yeah, so Izzy is a doctor, right? She is a doctor, and this she was based on my OBGYN. Um, who, yeah, because her name is Isabel Lord Rylands, and my, um. My professor, excuse me, my doctor's name is Elizabeth Lord Rylands. She's actually Audre Lord's daughter. The the poet, the famous poet Audre Lord. This is her real daughter. <laughs> but I changed the name. <laughs> so um, so yeah, I just didn't want no like I'm a I'm black, like, and I'm hood, black, happy with all of that. Like, I'm not the I'm not that person. So I don't really, I don't feel like I can authentic, authentically, and I don't want to write about white people. Just. All right. Does anybody have any more questions? No? Going once? Going twice? Are we good? Oh, well, I think we might be done with our question. So thank you, thank you. for participating. And again, for letting us read your book for the month. Thank you. Uh, book. I'm sorry. I said, thank you for reading my book. Oh, <laughs> you are welcome. Um, at this point, we are going to do our drawing if Miss Tech Support is ready. So I looked at the list of participants and made an audible decision. There are five people that participated and you said you're giving away five books. Um, one of them, however, is in South Africa. So what we'll do is we'll send you the information of the other four people. Okay. Um, we'll we'll send you um, y'all help me shipping labels. <laughs> My mind is everywhere today. We'll send you shipping labels for the other four people, and you can send it out to them instead of just doing a drawing. Since they participated, we'll just send them a book. Okay, that's perfect. Um, I can see about getting a 
a copy gifted on Kindle to the person in South Africa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll ask my publisher um, about that because then we can, so you can give me that information too. I'll ask her about that and we can like get that to them on Kindle. Okay, perfect. I will get their um, Kindle email from them. And then one of the ladies will send you just an email with all the information in the shipping labels. Okay. Alrighty. So again, thank you so much for letting us read yeah. when a wife's fed up, Miss Penny. And we appreciate you and thank you. Thank you ladies so much for the opportunity. I'm gonna get the other books out. Please check out When a Wife's Fed Up 2, 3 is coming. And if you really wanna read something really, really, really good, Toxic, A Forbidden Romance is a story about a 54 year old man having a um, an affair with his 23 year old goddaughter. <laughs> I love that book. Like, I love Toxic. Like, When a White Fed Up is cool, but Toxic, A Forbidden Romance, that book right there is a really, really good book. And I kind of touched on, like, grooming when you look at older men and younger women. And that was really the basis of it. But it's still a great story. Um, so, yeah, thank you, ladies. No problem. We hope you have an amazing day or enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yes, you And too. thank you. You're welcome. Bye, ladies. Bye. <clears throat> oh, what?